All right, bradcooney.com. I'd like to welcome in Congressman Greg Harper, Mississippi. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Hey, Brad. I'm Brad. Glad to be with you and a good chance to visit again. Hope you've been doing well, Brad. Things are great, man. Um, how, how, how are you doing, first of all? Things going, doing good on your end? You know, I'm, I'm in Mississippi, so it's always good when I'm back home and uh, traveling and uh, hitting some events. And uh, this morning, was it uh, at, at Stevens uh, facility down in Richland, Mississippi, and where I received the um, National Association of Manufacturers Award uh, this morning uh, for supporting a lot of issues that are very much uh, pro-business and pro-manufacturing. And uh, so that was a, a nice way to start today. Absolutely. Now, one of those things you're working on is getting clean water into the homes and, and, and you know for your constituents. Talk a little bit about your efforts there. Absolutely. Now, another thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, um, you have a child with a disability, and I've worked in the field uh, with people with disabilities for many years in the past. Um, you're, you're doing some good things to help people find employment that have disabilities in D.C. Touch on that a little bit. stuff man now I wanted to talk to you about the the, the situation with the uh, mental health mental retardation centers across the country um, they're having a lot of problems getting funding a lot of their early intervention programs are being cut um, what, what, can, what can we do uh, what can the, the state of Mississippi and the country do to to uh, maybe get more funding for these facilities well and of course you know, it's a time that 
funding, what we would call more funding, mm. uh, because, you know, with the budget deficit that we're facing and the problems here. So what we have to do is we have to be about prioritizing where we spend our money and what we do. But those that have intellectual disabilities uh, or others that, that really need to be helped and perhaps can't really help themselves get, get started, well, we understand that's a good use. Of, of tax dollars to help those that can't help themselves. Mm -hmm. But we know that our federal government does a lot of things for people that we've got no business helping mm -hmm. uh, and that we could better use that money where it genuinely is needed. So, you know, we've got to make sure that we do live within our means, but as we do that, that we prioritize and help those that need the most help. I wanted to get your thoughts on the gun control debate that's going on uh, nationally, of course. Uh, recently, a, a, a manufacturer of uh, magazines has threatened to leave Colorado because of some of the restrictions that are being passed over in that state. Governor Bryan's been a very, very uh, a big supporter of the um, of pro guns and NRA. Give me your thoughts on this whole gun grab situation that's going on. Well, the, the, the first thought I would have is that any uh, gun manufacturer, ammo uh, producer that feels like they're not wanted where they are in their state, we will open with open arms. We'd love to have them in Mississippi. So I hope they know we're open for business, and, and we understand how important that is. And, uh, you know, why, why is this a gun control uh, discussion? This is a discussion about making sure we, uh, we protect children who are in schools who we would think that would be the safest place that you could ever go to. city of Chicago, who has, you know, the strictest gun laws, or closer to the most strictest gun laws in the country, and look at look at what's going on in Chicago. I mean, that's, that's proof yeah, right there. And look, absolutely, and a great point. The cities with the strictest gun control laws have the highest murder rates. Now, uh, that tells you a lot, and, and so we, we've got to get away from that uh, connection there and realize that... Uh, that the criminals are always going to have weapons. You know, I'm a life member of the National Rifle Association, and we have to be able to defend ourselves. And the, the Second Amendment is clear, and we need to. 
Okay, one more point before I'll let you go. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, let's talk about this uh, the looming sequestration that's about to, to happen. I mean, do you feel we're going to go over the cliff with this thing, Congressman? Well, uh, first of all, let's just let's say the, the sequestration has some bad impact because it is an across-the-board cut, which is never really what you want to see. However, let's keep in mind this uh, sequestration idea uh, really was the president's idea. Exactly. Of course, Bob Woodward, the writer, reminded us of that uh, last week. So here's here's the thing: the president says we can avoid the sequestration, but we need a balanced approach: raise taxes and cut some spending. Well, he's got a short-term memory problem <laughs> if he doesn't remember that we just raised taxes without yeah. cutting spending, and we're not going to raise taxes again. This is a spending cut issue. Last term, the Republicans passed two bills in the House that replaced those first-year sequestration cuts with other cuts of fat in the government, and they refused to do anything with it in the Senate. It's time for the Senate, Gary Reid, to act, the President to act, to cut spending, not raise taxes. And if this does happen, the, the, the slashing of the budgets in the military is terrifying. I have a nephew who's in Afghanistan right now with a 2-7 Marine Corps. And I'm just terrified what's going to happen. I'm sure a lot of families and American families are very afraid what's going to happen to our military if this does happen. Yeah, Brad, there's no disproportional hurts the military. And nobody wants that to happen. But the president and the Senate have to understand you, you've got to get that spending. But they don't want to cut anywhere. They really just want to raise taxes, keep it at the level it is, which is a more difficult.